When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have a great discussion today about leaders and what makes a leader, how to be a great leader, and everything that comes with that. We're going to do that all in an hour, right? Um, so please join me in welcoming Stephen Shedletsky to our program today. Welcome, Stephen. Thanks so much, Deb. Hopefully we can more than just scratch the surface in these 58 minutes. I'm sure we will. Perfect. I love it. So let me tell people just a little bit about you. So Stephen Shedletsky, or Shed to his friends, which does make it easier, helps leaders make it safe and worth it for people to speak up. He supports humble leaders, those who know they are part of both the problems they experience and the solutions they can create as they put their people and purpose first. He is a sought-after speaker, coach, and advisor, and has led hundreds of keynote presentations, workshops, and leadership development programs. He's also spent more than a decade working alongside somebody everybody might have heard of, and that is Simon Sinek. As a thought leader on psychological safety in the workplace and creating speak-up cultures where people and organizations thrive, he works with leaders around the world and serves clients in all industries where human beings work. He's also the, also the author of the upcoming book, Speak Up Culture, When Leaders Truly Listen, People Step Up, and that will be available for purchase in October of 2023. Uh, he graduated from the Ivy Business School with a focus on leadership, communication, and strategy, and received his coaching certification from the Coactive Training Institute. Shed lives in Toronto, Canada, with his wife and two children. So again, Shed, welcome. Thank you so much. Delighted to be here with you. Cool, cool. Well, I always like to know from my guests how it is that they got to where they are today. And you, you know, I, I have been privileged to have an advanced copy of your book and you talk about that a little bit, but tell us more about that because it really is very fascinating how you got to where you are today. Thank you. I mean, I'll, I'll take from the Beatles and say uh, I get by with a little bit or a lot of it of help from my friends. So mm -hmm. I think for all of us, uh, you know, even the most successful individual is a byproduct of the people around them and the mm -hmm. people who have helped them and the people who believe in them and invested in them. Um, so I grew up in Toronto, Canada. Mm -hmm. um, my grandfather is a Holocaust survivor, and I had mm -hmm. a very, very close relationship mm -hmm. uh, with him. And so his life story and journey mm -hmm. hugely influenced just my perspective mm -hmm. uh, on life, having gratitude and trying to make the most of this life that I've been mm -hmm. given because of all the sacrifices in, right. uh, in, in life that he went through. And mm -hmm. I, I really uh, drew upon him at moments 
uh, of great question as to mm-hmm. what to do. Uh, and it's given me, I think, a lot of my drive and ambition and willingness to take risk mm-hmm. um, because because of him. So mm-hmm. he has definitely been a, a huge help. I had an amazing professor when I was in biz school, uh, Dr. Dennis Shackle, who's a Kiwi, uh, and he really showed me um, and helped me have an experience of what fulfillment is. Ah. And the way I define fulfillment mm-hmm. is using our strengths to contribute to something bigger than ourselves that we mm-hmm. care about. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a, he was a huge help. I grew up with a stutter. So I know what it feels like to be voiceless, which is mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I wrote mm-hmm. a book called Speak Up Culture. Um, and then had an amazing and ongoing, um, career journey and experience with Simon Sinek and, and his team joined mm-hmm. them. Early on, uh, I was the fourth person to join their team, and I was a young whippersnapper in my mm-hmm. mid twenties, um, and had an, an amazing um, time on their team, and still do work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, that's that's part of what's gotten me here. Mm-hmm. A few corporate stints, um, and uh, you know, my first day in on on the job in, in corporate, a thousand people were let go post merger. Oh. So. That's you know, spooky. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was spooky. And it was a front row seat to witnessing what a mm-hmm. tumultuous culture by right. circumstance mm-hmm. um, and by leadership behavior can mm-hmm. can look like. I love it. Well, let's start with some definitions. Um, so what is it. a speak up culture? Yes. So a speak up culture is an environment in which people feel it is both safe, psychologically safe mm-hmm. and worth it to mm-hmm. share ideas, concerns, disagreements mm-hmm. and mistakes. So ideas to make things things better, um, con- concerns that might be um, uh, personal or unpopular, mm-hmm. disagreements, especially with those more senior to you. How does mm-hmm. that go? Um, and, and admitting mistake, admitting, hey, I did that wrong or we did that wrong. Mm-hmm. We need to do that better. Having conversations mm-hmm. of can around feedback. Mm-hmm. So that's what a what is what what a speak up culture is and that when people do voice ideas, concerns, disagreements and mistakes, they're actually rewarded and not ignored and not mm-hmm. punished. If we punish people for speaking up, that is mm-hmm. a dangerous road and we've seen right. it time again most mm-hmm. recently with the Titan submersible. Oh, I mean it's, yeah. it's just come Numerous out. Numerous people said, "Excuse me." <laughs> Not safe, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. it happened with the Boeing 737 Max with with mm-hmm. Ed Pearson amongst others. So it really is important, you know, especially when you're in a line of business mm-hmm. where your product is life and death. Mm-hmm. It's especially right. important. The stakes are so mm-hmm. high there. But the point that I make in the book is if you are in a role of leadership, the relationship that your direct reports have mm-hmm. with you is more impactful on their health than that of the relationship right. with their family doctor mm-hmm. or their therapist if they mm-hmm. have one. And it's at par with their relationship with their partner or mm-hmm. spouse if they have one as well. Right. And so whether or not you're in a life and death line of work, if you hold a position of leadership, you literally have a life depleting mm-hmm. or life feeding impact on the mm-hmm. people around you. And right. I hope it is life feeding. Right. So, you know, let's talk about the other word and that's leader. So tell us a little bit about that because the leader is who is responsible for a speak up culture. Um, so tell us how you define a leader. Yes. So I, I would say um, <laughs> there's the, the noun leader, mm-hmm. which might be a, a person who is in a position of power or authority, but the behavior, the, uh, the definition I much more prefer is leadership by behavior to mm-hmm. lead. It is right. a verb. Mm-hmm. So I think it is better to actually look at what are the behaviors of mm-hmm. leaders. And I think leaders are are the ones that if you look behind and anyone anyone is following, mm-hmm. that's a leader. Right. The greatest leaders are also followers. They're followers mm-hmm. of right. a cause mm-hmm. bigger than themselves. They're followers of others who mm-hmm. show genius, strength, um, uh, you know, I'm really attracted to those leaders who are humble, who know that they are fallible mm-hmm. and who lean into the strengths of the people around them. Um, and yeah, leadership is a set of behaviors, I believe. Um, it's around behaving with empathy and compassion. Mm-hmm. It's around, um, uh, accountability, right? Giving credit when things go well, taking mm-hmm. responsibility when things don't go well, you know, inordinately taking responsibility, uh, selflessness, which is about sacrifice and service. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, authenticity and consistency. So leaders behave in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And to your point, I, you know, those who are in roles of influence, and I have a little equation for this called the culture equation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
those who have more influence in a culture have a disproportionate impact on whether or not we have a have a have a speak mm-hmm. up culture because the behavior of those with influence mm-hmm. which might be because of authority or title mm-hmm. or might be because of their behavior do mm-hmm. they behave as a leader and people follow mm-hmm. um their values and their behavior amplify the type of culture that you have as a result right you know, and, and you mentioned something there very important in that just because you have a title or don't have a title does not mean you are a leader. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have whatever title, vice president, manager of, director of, owner, you know, but you might be a bad leader, a horrible leader. And then you might be the person who, you know, sits quietly and kind of absorbs everything, but is the actual leader that people turn to. Um, So I think that's probably one of the biggest things that people get caught up in is we assume that we've got that title. Therefore, people will follow us and do what we want them to do. Mm -hmm. And that's, of course, not anywhere close to being the actual truth. Yeah. Well, people might in the short term out of of fear or Mm -hmm. or necessity but mm-hmm. it's what you're describing is a difference between a leader and a driver mm-hmm. or a title and a leader right. mm-hmm. um you know leaders view their teams as a living and breathing organism mm-hmm. which it is by the way mm-hmm. whereas drivers view the people on their team as 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 replaceable cogs or mm-hmm. assets to be mm-hmm. utilized until right. they are, are no longer of use mm-hmm. and y- you can you can assume the role of leadership that way. Mm-hmm. You simply just won't get the the the, the best or mm-hmm. most, um, you know, with the people that you're mm-hmm. you're working with. Right. Um, it's those leaders who care. Mm-hmm. It's those leaders who are curious and attempt to understand mm-hmm. and nurture the strengths of of others mm-hmm. that get the most from their people and help mm-hmm. their people grow the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's such a fulfilling, wonderful thing when it happens. Right. You know, years ago, I went to an e-women network conference. Um, and I mean, this probably is 20, 30 years ago. Um, but uh, uh, Sandra Yancey, who was the founder of that organization, was the keynote speaker. So this was very cool. And I remember she said, when you're introducing yourself to someone, do not give them your title because mm. they don't care. Mm-hmm. And And she said, and it really doesn't mean anything. You know, if you, you know, hi, I'm Deb Creer, I'm the CEO, I'm the president, I'm the whatever. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I want to know what they can do. You know, and, and she said, now you can't really introduce yourself in, in a lot of ways like that. But she said, yeah, just telling your title. And in, in many cases, we're telling the title simply to brag, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or prove or create some sort of mm-hmm. insecure credibility, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. But mm-hmm. it's it, it's the behavior. It is totally, you know, and I love how you how you let off and, and introduce yourself in the show. You just mm-hmm. you defined how you wish to serve, what mm-hmm. inspires you most to serve mm-hmm. leaders or business leaders, whatever it might be. So um Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and titles, titles need to be earned mm-hmm. um, and titles disappear. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I have a friend right right now who's, you know, mid-career mm-hmm. executive level taking a pause in, in their career just because the right opportunities mm-hmm. aren't present right now. And he's really learning who he is outside of the definition and confines of his previous VP mm-hmm. and other roles. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what a treat, because this is a practice round for when you do this the next time, mm-hmm. you know, right. if you're so if you're so lucky and that happens mm-hmm. and you retire, you change roles, whatever mm-hmm. you might be, that our our identities and for our health, our identities mm-hmm. ought not to be tied to our roles. I think right. our ident- identities mm-hmm. ought to go and can go deeper to mm-hmm. our values, our beliefs, who mm-hmm. we are, who we care to serve, mm-hmm. how we care to serve and and what it is that we do. Right. You know, and it, in in larger organizations, we do kind of need a title in the, the, the way that, you know, we, we need a hierarchy. And you talk about this a bit in your book, you know, you need to know who's in charge and then, you know, who's filling out all the little spaces in the org chart. Mm-hmm. But again, that's not saying that they are the leader. It's just, you know, we had to, we had to put something in those blocks yeah. <laughs> almost more than anything. And, and we do need, you know, it's, it, we, we, we are followers or leaders. I mean, you know, or as, as you said, or both, yeah. Because um, you know, <clears throat> if we didn't, we just kind of go all willy-nilly. Um, but it's you know, and and so I think a lot of companies really do get 
you know, just totally caught up into that, you know, that role. And you mentioned in your book that the woman who her company was going through a lot of changes and they wanted to keep her as a VP and they literally gave her a list of titles and titles mm-hmm. only and said, pick what you want. And she very wisely said, no. <laughs> Yeah. So why, you know, because, you know, somebody might be very tempted to go, which one looks the best or mm-hmm. sounds the best or, you know, all of those things. So why shouldn't we get caught up in that? Oh, I'm just going to pick from A, B, C or D. So a, a couple of things come up. Um, one, I want to talk about a, a concept that a friend of mine, Rich Tivini, uh talks about called dynamic subordination, which I'll get to after mm-hmm. this. So. So th- this is this is about Hannah, who who you mentioned, mm-hmm. who's who's in the book. I think it's in the Select Better Leaders chapter. Mm-hmm. And H- Hannah's a, a a personal friend. I changed th- their name so you don't know who protect who, we were, who we Hannah protected is. the innocent, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So so um, Hannah was was someone who was a director level mm-hmm. at a large company that we mm-hmm. all know of. Um, and there were many people at the beginning of the pandemic who were leaving said company mm-hmm. because they were burnt out. Right. They didn't want the next level. They mm-hmm. looked at the senior leaders and like, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And so there was a disproportionate number of people leaving at those mm-hmm. more senior levels. Um, and so they got an email one day mm-hmm. from their direct boss, who I think was an SVP or something mm-hmm. saying, please find a ta- attached a PDF with, you know, no, first it said, um, we're losing many people at your level in an effort to retain you. Here's a PDF with a <laughs> list of promotions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have five business mm-hmm. days, check off which one you want and send it back mm-hmm. to your COO, you know, or your respective C leader. Right. They're like, no, like, mm-hmm. do I want a promotion? Sure. Right. Um, and this is someone but who- Not be- because I checked a box. <laughs> yes. And this is someone who mm-hmm. behaves as a leader. Perfect, mm-hmm. no, but cares about mm-hmm. the growth and well-being of the people around right. them, behaves as a as mm-hmm. a leader. And they very un- unpopularly wrote back to their SVP saying, I, I won't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the very reason why you're mm-hmm. losing people, this type of- mm-hmm behavior. Um, I'm willing to have a conversation in partnership with mm-hmm. other senior leaders in, in the business and HR to figure out the right role and next challenge for me, mm-hmm. because I really want to make sure that I'm in a role where mm-hmm. I'll thrive and want to stay here mm-hmm. and not get burnt out and want to leave like everyone else. Mm-hmm. To which the SVP said, don't do that. That's not going to be very popular. And Hannah went, I don't care. Like, yeah. what? Like, what's your option? You know, mm-hmm. are, are you going to fire me too? Yeah. Like, Do you want me to be, yeah, I, you know, because I, and I think that's it. A lot of people are like, well, fine, I'll go, I'll go elsewhere. Yeah. And so Hannah felt a, they loved their current role and mm-hmm. loved their current team and didn't mm-hmm. want to leave them high and dry just mm-hmm. to climb the corporate ladder. That's mm-hmm. not what they would want their leaders or mm-hmm. the team they were leading to do. So they wanted to model the appropriate mm-hmm. behavior. Um, they wrote back this letter to the C- COO and to mm-hmm. the COO's credit, they said, this is interesting. Can we meet? I'd like to talk about it. Yeah. And they so they were had very... a good step up culture. And this is, and this is oftentimes there's, there's often a disconnect between the intent mm-hmm. of leaders and the impact right. of their behavior. Mm-hmm. And so this leader to their credit mm-hmm. owned the impact, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't their intent. Mm-hmm. Bravo. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so then over time, uh, through some, they, they did it the 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 right way they mm-hmm. networked within the business mm-hmm. met the appropriate leaders and then stepped into and actually created a brand new vp role mm-hmm. one that didn't mm-hmm. exist before and it's one that really you know mm-hmm. got them interested got them engaged they've built a team to help mm-hmm. bring this new thing to life and so yeah not all promotions are created equal right um and i really applaud hannah for how they navigated mm-hmm. it made it work for them mm-hmm. and not the other way around does it take courage absolutely oh, yes mm-hmm. lead to the best outcomes mm-hmm. for all yes mm-hmm. right yeah. well and you know like you said they might have had a good intent and then just didn't obviously didn't think it through because my first thought would be can you imagine the people who would report to to those people who checked their name you know check that thing especially if they knew this person is my vp because they picked it on the pdf (laughs) i mean you know certainly not that they were qualified for it or you know had earned it or all the other you know or knew the right person or it was a a desperate retention strategy yeah yeah, you know? you know, and 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 people would have seen it as that desperate retention strategy. And yeah. then, you know, so immediately there's a a lower level of respect. And it it's not even applying to that person. 
because they were kind of, a uh, you know, that was the circumstance they were put in. Now, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, Hannah said, no, no, not going to do that. But for those who probably did, you know, it, it would have been one of those where you're immediately thinking, no, they're there. You know, we, we turn back into the, you know, the, the six year old, you're not going to tell me what to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but even know. I mean, good good things can start by swiping right. Mm-hmm. Right. But that mm-hmm. that's kind of like a promotion by by swiping right. And right. that I mm-hmm. mean by, you know, these these dating apps, which, mm-hmm. you know, I dated before them. So thank you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if you're just presented with something mm-hmm. on paper, you still mm-hmm. should try it out. You should meet with right. people. You, sh- mm-hmm. you know, you should see if it's a fit and a win for, for mm-hmm. all. Um, so, yeah. The other thing I wanted to bring up is, mm-hmm. so we are a hierarchical species, mm-hmm. right? And it and it does make sense for us to figure out who's leading, who, mm-hmm. who's in charge, but it is at its best dynamic. Mm-hmm. So um, a, a dear friend of mine, he wrote this book, which is great, The Attributes, Rich ah. Divinity. So mm-hmm. Rich is a retired U.S. Mm-hmm. Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a SEAL for 23 years, made it to commander. Wow. He led a special ops team mm-hmm. and then led training and selection mm-hmm. for that team. And it's a team we all know. Um, and so when Rich uh, and so, you know, high stakes, you know, uh, uh, high performing, mm-hmm. sustainable performing teams mm-hmm. when looking at, at at the SEALs. And so when he retired and started doing some work in corporate on team building and and leadership, he was asked, how do you create a org chart Mm -hmm. that optimizes for optimal performance? And the way that Rich um, defines optimal performance is we give the best that we can, Mm -hmm. whatever our version of best is in Mm -hmm. that moment. And I'm sure you can relate Mm -hmm. to that, that there are sometimes you don't have too much to give, but you give what you can. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this notion of peak performance is fine for a pro football p- player mm-hmm. to peak for four hours on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's typically not how our lives look mm-hmm. like week to week. And so right. it's really the conversation on optimal performance. Mm-hmm. How can we perform optimally? Mm-hmm. And so Rich didn't quite know the answer. So mm-hmm. he's like, well, I know what it isn't. So he first drew mm-hmm. a pyramid, the mm-hmm. hierarchy. You know, mm-hmm. I'm your leader. You work for me. Right. Ironically, most military as a large function mm-hmm. works that, that way. Mm-hmm. But it's not how high-performing teams work. Mm-hmm. Um, in sort of a rebellion, you can flatten the thing and create the flat or- organizational mm-hmm. structure, which is fine for, you know, three friends in a garage working right. on but a startup. life-saving missions, maybe not. <laughs> right. And when it becomes a little bit more com- complex and you and you have mm-hmm. a have a team there are certain team leads and mm-hmm. and team and team uh areas mm-hmm. and even you know a flat is fine for three or five people mm-hmm. but as soon as you get a little bit more com- complex mm-hmm. you know the person or team on the right can't see what the person or team mm-hmm. on the left is doing you know flat is can do some good things but it mm-hmm. isn't the the optimal mm-hmm. organizational structure if we're to default to anyone it's to turn the the pyramid and invert it to the mm-hmm. Robert Greenleaf, right? right. Mm-hmm. I am your leader. I work for you. A servant mm-hmm. leadership, mm-hmm. which, by mm-hmm. the way, I, I don't think the term servant leadership should exist. <laughs> because it's, a, it's confusing. It's both confusing and the 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 very the very um, <laughs> the fact that we have a term servant leader means that our current definition of leadership is broken. Mm-hmm. There should be no leader who doesn't serve, right? right. So. But anyway, the 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 reverse pyramid is good. I'm your mm-hmm. leader. I work for you. Mm-hmm. But in a in a a, a highly trusting, highly um, performing, optimal per- performing mm-hmm. team, the burden of responsibility is distributed. It shouldn't mm-hmm. lean on any one or any one team's mm-hmm. person's shoulders. So, sort of in revolt, uh, Rich drew a blob and an amoeba looking thing, uh-huh. and he asked the room, "Where does the leader sit here?" Mm-hmm. To which people said the middle, the outside, the mm-hmm. inside, all different answers. And he said, you're absolutely right. The leader is where the leader needs to be. Right. Which means it's dynamic. Mm-hmm. So based on proximity, mm-hmm. who's closest, right? Who's your mm-hmm. first responder? And based on who's most qualified mm-hmm. steps up. Mm-hmm. Um, so the greatest example of this from a civilian context is let's say you are the pilot, you're the you're the captain of a commercial airline, mm-hmm. right? You are in charge of that vessel, right. you're in charge of the crew, you're mm-hmm. in, like you are responsible, right? Mm-hmm. 
you get clearance from air traffic control to go and taxi out because mm-hmm. you don't go whenever you want to. Right. You wait to follow you that order. You bonk into somebody else. Mm-hmm. You're deferring. You're subordinating. Mm-hmm. You get clearance to mm-hmm. go and you start to go. All of a sudden, you get a call from maintenance and maintenance says, Captain, you have an issue with your right wing. Mm-hmm. You aren't clear to take off. Mm-hmm. Now, does the captain go, nah. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> no. Hopefully like, not. Mm-hmm. You subordinate mm-hmm. to maintenance. That's mm-hmm. their job. Then you follow ground control, get back to your mm-hmm. gate. Do you take over and deplane? No, you subordinate right. to your flight crew. Mm-hmm. And so that's dynamic subordination, which is given mm-hmm. what's going on and who's there, who's mm-hmm. the most qualified and best suited to, mm-hmm. to step up. And it may not be the most senior person. Right. And so Rich, Rich, you know, coined that and saw that in his his SEAL days and mm-hmm. SEAL training, and he calls it dynamic subordination mm-hmm. or or alpha swapping. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah and and uh, of course, the the big challenge to that is people who you know aren't uh, you know the the leaders for you know just because we don't really have another term for it, but if they're not you know they. They need to not feel threatened by this. You know, they need to know, okay, mm. I'm going to turn this over to to Sue and Sue is going to make sure it, it gets uh, there, um, you know, and, and to not micromanage Sue because that's the other thing, you know, it's like, mm. but, you know, of course, one of the, the biggest things we talk about this a lot is that we're delegate. You know, and and it is one of the hardest things for people to do. And and I'll admit, I, you know, I'm one of those people because, you know, I'm the only one who knows the way it can be done. And I'm I'm going to be the one that, does, you know, I only know how to do it. My way is the right way. Mm-hmm. Well, no, <laughs> you know, it yeah. might be, but it might not be. But more importantly, somebody else might have a better way. Yeah. And, you know, and we shouldn't feel threatened by that. We should really go, oh, wow, we've got that culture where we allow people to say, hey, what if we did it this way? And even if it's not the better way, it might make you rethink the current way and improve on it. Yep. Well, this is the so this is why I think in many ways leadership is broken because this is typically how we find our leaders. We mm-hmm. go, who's the highest performer? Mm-hmm. Who's the most responsible? Who's mm-hmm. the best at this job? Let's right. offer them a promotion. Mm-hmm. But the issue is that the skill set and the attribute mm-hmm. set to become good, good at that job is different mm-hmm. than stepping into the next level right. and leading those who mm-hmm. who who did did that job mm-hmm. or do, do the job that you were the best at mm-hmm. in, in the room. So leadership isn't about catching more fish. Mm-hmm. Leadership is about teaching others how to catch fish in mm-hmm. their own way, mm-hmm. which will be different from you. Right. Um, you know, and the best leaders I meet are the most secure leaders. Mm -hmm. And when I say secure, they understand their own strengths and Mm -hmm. limitations and weaknesses, Mm -hmm. and they're vulnerable about that. Um, You know, uh, dangerous is an insecure leader who Mm -hmm. thwarts and grabs control. Right. Mm, right? I'm not going to admit that I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, everyone is, is fallible because you're human. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's no mistake that every single leadership development program out there that I've come across may, you know, I'd love Mm -hmm. your perspective as well. Mm -hmm. They all start with a, a a module on leading self, Mm -hmm. right? We need to figure out our own instrument, what we're playing with, Mm -hmm. what our range is, what Mm -hmm. we can thrive in, what, and that's really hard for Mm -hmm. me. I should probably ask for help or, Mm -hmm. or, or delegate. Mm -hmm. And it's impossible to help others figure out how to play their instrument and harmonize and rock Mm -hmm. it if you aren't secure in your own first. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it's beautiful to me that I think we can both be confident, secure, and humble. Mm -hmm. We cannot be arrogant uh, and humble. Mm -hmm. That doesn't exist. No, those those are opposites. Yeah. Um, You know, and, and of course, we've had those icky bosses, right? You know, it's it whether it's and maybe it's not a boss, maybe it's, you know, a, a leader of, of, you know, volunteer project, whatever. Mm-hmm. We have had those people that we have had to um, work with. And and it's really funny. I just I just, oh see now I should have told you before the program. Sometimes I go squirrel. Um, <laughs> so one of my favorite programs is the Big Bang, the Big Bang Theory. Love it, too. And, you know, Sheldon is going to be Raj's boss and and they have this whole big debate. Are you working for or are you working with? And of course, Sheldon is of the impression that people work for him because he's he's the smartest person in the room. He's the smartest person in the world. Just ask Um, him. Yeah, yeah. You know, he'll be (laughs) he'll be sure to tell you that. 
And, you know, and, and therefore his way is the only way. And of course, Raj sees it as a collaborative effort. And so there he's working with him. And of course, you know, hilarity ensues and, and all sorts of things. But that is so on target because we have all worked with those people where we work for them. Yeah. Or we work with them. And sometimes I'll be honest, sometimes working for somebody is okay. I just want to be told what to do. <laughs> I, mean, you yeah. Know? Yeah. I don't want to have to think today. Just tell me what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, most of us want to work with people. Mm-hmm. Totally. And it's, it, this, this is a, this is a spectrum mm-hmm. always, you know, um, sometimes it requires to tell, to learn mm-hmm. because someone doesn't know and, and isn't mm-hmm. experienced. And then there's this place where it's like, mm-hmm. let go, give them mm-hmm. some leash, let them explore mm-hmm. let them try. And you can do the, work for and control, Mm -hmm. it will simply limit what people will give and what people will do Mm -hmm. and their creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, But this isn't about boundaryless and Mm -hmm. 100% empowerment and no, No, we we still need. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Um, it's a balance. mm -hmm. And, and I think that is so important is we do see that when we're, you know, just like, well, you know, you just do what you want to do. I'm not going to give you deadline. No. <laughs> you know, now there are some people that that will, you know, get the work done and and do whatever, but most of us need direction, even if yeah. it's just here's your budget, here's your timeline, you know, things like that. And, you know, and so we we do need that information, but then it's okay, I've given you that. Now come to me if you need something else, but I trust you to get it done. Yeah, totally, totally. Which includes, you know, pushback if you think you should mm-hmm. have more budget, and I'll right. tell you why we can't give it to you. But mm-hmm. let's have that. Let's have that that, mm-hmm. that conversation. So, um, absolutely, it's mm-hmm. it's around you know uh, getting to a shared definition mm-hmm. of vision, what success mm-hmm. is, but then giving people some freedom mm-hmm. or a lot of freedom mm-hmm. if they can handle it mm-hmm. to go make it happen. Right, and it is tricky. Because each person is different. You know, I, I was was working with a, a wonderful woman and she was writing a blog post for me. Now, I know she has ADHD. She's very open about that. And so I said, oh, I kind of need it in June. And of course, didn't hear and didn't hear. And then I realized, no, 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 she needs me to give her a date. Yeah. And so I said, okay, I need it by X date. Of course, she got it to me the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and so, but somebody else, if I had given them, you know, if I need it by that date, they're like, ah, uh, ah. um, you know, and, yeah. and so a, a good leader knows the strengths and weaknesses of every person they are working with. Yep. And, and that like, that takes work. So I, mm-hmm. I, I call this and there's great work on this already, the platinum rule rather than the golden mm-hmm. rule. Right. So golden rule is treat others the way you wish to be treated, mm-hmm. which is like treat people with basic respect or a bias to the way you mm-hmm. wish to be treated, mm-hmm. which is fine for kindergarten, mm-hmm. not as good for our, for our adult life. Mm-hmm. So platinum rule is treat others the way they wish to be treated. Mm-hmm. Right. which requires that you ask some questions. Mm-hmm. You can use some psychometrics or mm-hmm. other assessments as mm-hmm. a team to understand what our preferences are mm-hmm. um, uh, <laughs> and, and ask them. So mm-hmm. a, a great example of this, I had a, a, a executive coaching client who was new into a role. They're mm-hmm. a C-suite level. They were given a chief of staff to work with them who had mm-hmm. already been at the company for three mm-hmm. years or so um, and knew the ropes. Uh and they went above and beyond in the extra mile in the mm-hmm. first like three weeks mm-hmm. of this new uh, C-suite leaders onboarding. And so I'm I'm coaching this leader and they're like, wow, I really want to get them something to acknowledge mm-hmm. that I see that they're, mm-hmm. you know, busting their, their, their tail and, and mm-hmm. thank them. I'm going to get them some flowers. Mm-hmm. And I said, do they like flowers? And he's like, I don't know. Everybody likes flowers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, well, mm-hmm. that might be what you want. Mm-hmm. I said, do you know someone who knows them mm-hmm. well enough to figure out what would be meaningful mm-hmm. for them? Mm-hmm. And he went, yeah. And so as opposed to treating people the way you think mm-hmm. they would be treated or what you would want, well, you're you're missing mm-hmm. You're missing the opportunity to build relationship, right. ask some questions, ask others, um, and do something that is meaningful for them, mm-hmm. uh, or design something in that working mm-hmm. relationship that helps make them tick. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
And and you talk about that a lot in your book. And and you know, obviously there's the <clears throat> HR constraints. Um, you know, there are things you can and cannot ask. Um, of course. you know, but that is where maybe talking with a friend of theirs is something where you can can delicately ask. I mean, there are clearly questions that just should not be asked, you know. <laughs> and and hopefully we all know those things. Unfortunately, we don't. Yeah. Um, and we see things like that all the time, but it's it is about you know, and and especially in the 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 reward and the encouragement, and, but it's also the other way. I mean, you know, how do they like to be communicated with? Are they text people? Are they email people? Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 I think this was really a challenge when we went into the COVID lockdowns, because you know, right, we were at work on Friday and we were not on Monday, and people went, oh my, and you know, so there were people who went, okay, well, we're going to Zoom, we're going to Zoom five times a day. And people wouldn't turn their cameras on. They were freaked out. They didn't have cameras, you know, mm. all of these things. But if somebody had sent them a text message saying, what's your status on whatever, that would have worked out perfect. Now, For them, it is a yeah. challenge if you have a lot of people that you're having to deal with and having to kind of, and so you might kind of have to clump some things together. But yeah, knowing those things, and it is interesting with, you know, the the, the reward and encouragement because for some people, it is money. For some people, it's, hey, they want a day off. For many people, they want acknowledged. Mm-hmm. They just want, so, and you talk about this in your book. They just want somebody to say, hey, thank you. You did a great yep. job today. Yeah. And to be specific. So there, there's a couple of things com- coming up. So one is, um, I talk about the FBI model for effective feedback, mm-hmm. both constructive and positive, mm-hmm. and even, you know, a tool like appreciation languages mm-hmm. um, or love languages, they called mm-hmm. it appreciation languages for it to be more uh, suitable for for work, which I think is mm-hmm. great. So, you know, you could say to someone, great job today. It's mm-hmm. even more meaningful to go FBI. So feeling behavior impact. Mm-hmm. I feel so supported feeling when you, here's the behavior, mm-hmm. you know, prepared those three client mm-hmm. presentations and they were all organized beautifully. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly where to find everything. Like, wow, what attention mm-hmm. to detail. Um, Thank you. I only want to keep working with you. Mm-hmm. Your efforts are really seen mm-hmm. and, and appreciated. Mm-hmm. Thanks. That is way better than great job today. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, what did right. I do to to, to or flowers that? on your desk? You're like, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. And it's the same for effective confrontation mm-hmm. of not you're lazy or you're irresponsible. Right. It's when you know behavior. You mm-hmm. did this. It made me feel. And the impact is mm-hmm. that can transform or at least start to use mm-hmm. feedback as dialogue. Right. Um. And then yeah, I mean, so uh. It's very hard to practice the platinum rule, even with one person, mm-hmm. let alone 10 direct reports, mm-hmm. or if you have more than that, uh, which I don't I don't think you should have more than 10. Yeah, it gets a little hard person. to manage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is where you can have, you know, intranets or a wall in the mm-hmm. office if you're all in the office mm-hmm. or a, a virtual wall where you can go to someone's profile and see, you know, what's their disk? What are their mm-hmm. strengths finder mm-hmm. strengths? What are their appreciation languages? And you can um, begin to understand mm-hmm. how to treat people in a way that they'll appreciate most. Right. Yeah. You know, and it, it it is easier when you're in the same physical place with somebody because you might see pictures that they have or a book that they've got, you know, so things like that will kind of give you an idea. Uh, you know, I think it was funny when we all started, you know, a- a initially doing zoom a lot, we were like, what's that book back there? You know, yeah. what, what have they got on the, you know, and, and then if it was something totally non-business related, it, it was hilarious, but um, you know, and, and so what it, all it means is that you have to work a little bit harder. Yeah. And, and that's okay. You, know, yeah. you just need to find something again that is is the best way to communicate approval, disapproval, all of those various things with people. And and to, you know, again, like I keep coming back to this humility and this fallibility mm-hmm. for, for leaders to say, uh, I won't always get it right. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me when I get it mm-hmm. wrong or could have done it better. Mm-hmm. And then when people do build that courage and mm-hmm. share that with you, you have to reward mm-hmm. that behavior, especially mm-hmm. if it's hard to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that's really interesting when we all moved to our Zoom worlds, we would see like, I see two teddy bears. I mm-hmm. see a cool water paint, watercolor mm-hmm. painting. Maybe it's not watercolor. I see an amazing microphone there. Mm-hmm. Like, there is an hour's worth of stories, mm-hmm. probably right. more than an mm-hmm. hour's worth, because I know a few things about those stuffed animals mm-hmm. o- over there. So um, 
there's actually some really interesting stuff when we mm-hmm. all went to the Zoom world. Mm-hmm. I had one experience where I was doing a keynote for a for a, a client. We had mm-hmm. our pre-engagement call, mm-hmm. a few of them from their team on the on the Zoom call. Mm-hmm. And one of the um one of the people on uh, on the call had a great background mm-hmm. and I saw tons of little trinkets mm-hmm. and a number of them were Star Wars. Ah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, "Well, you're a Star Wars fan." Mm-hmm. And we spoke about that for mm-hmm. a few minutes. The the week before I was to give that keynote, I was in Portland doing some work mm-hmm. with a with a client, and for some reason, I was given a little um, pin that was mm-hmm. a Star Wars pin, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I know exactly who I'm going to give this to, mm-hmm. and I gave it to that client mm-hmm. the next week when I saw them in mm-hmm. person, and it blew them away. Right. So now I could have gone so far as getting their address and putting mm-hmm. it in the mail and sending it, which is also very nice. Mm-hmm. It's just harder to do, mm-hmm. um, but I think those little things, uh, those little things can can go go a long way. Mm-hmm. Easier to pull off in, in person, but this hybrid world, mm-hmm. I think, is is here to stay. So right. using the intel mm-hmm. and the information on people's mm-hmm. Zoom backgrounds, um, unless they have a filter on, mm-hmm. uh, or oh, a, and or I don't like those black, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but they might, you know, they might also not have a, 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 the, the an appropriate background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, maybe their bed behind them isn't mm-hmm. made yet, right? And the, mm-hmm. and that so they're going to blur a, their image, and that's and fine. that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I I think uh, you know all of a sudden to you know one Friday we're in the office and then on Monday we're all at home and it's like oh you have a cat mm-hmm. oh there's your child you know mm-hmm. you actually there was an actually an opportunity to learn a lot more mm-hmm. about the people that you work with right right and it was scary you know because. Uh, and and I always say you know every micromanager in the world their head exploded within the first. 10 days. Um, But because they, they could not reach out and touch their people. And those were also the same people who said, Hey, we're going to put a program on your computer where we can tell everything you're doing. No, you know, people soon figured out that's, you know, unless, you know, granted there are some, you know, some circumstances where you might have to do that, but for the vast majority, no, you know, if, and, and again, that comes back to the communication, to empowering people to do it, to say, Hey, Shed, we have this project. I need it by Friday and then mm-hmm. let you go do it. You might work 20 hours, the, uh, and, you know, right away and then be done with it. Or you might do five hours, you know, and, and all of that stuff. And so it's, it, it, again, it's not up to us to say, this is how you're going to do it. It's yep. just, are you going to get it done? And mm-hmm. what do you need from me to, to make sure that you do? Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's a brilliant article. I think it was in the New York Times, but it could have been something else where it it literally used the software and the technology mm-hmm. to track your behavior mm-hmm. as you went through the article mm-hmm. on how these systems work. It was right. mind boggling. Mm-hmm. But there's one example of how um, someone uses the phone to call Mm -hmm. a client and to have Mm -hmm. a conversation, but the software doesn't pick up on it. And so they're penalized Mm -hmm. for doing the behavior that allows them to do their job Mm -hmm. to the best of their ability. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, systems can be useful, Mm -hmm. but we have to make sure that the systems are actually Mm -hmm. customized and tailored Mm -hmm. and that there's appropriate leash um, so that people can Mm -hmm. do their jobs in the way. And and if it's like, no, you can't do your job that way anymore. Well, they're going to look for a different job. Right. Oh yeah. And, and we certainly saw that, you know, and, and we're still seeing it and, and, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, the, the business publications come up with all these terms and I, I love it. And so now we're into the quiet quitting stage. Yes. And, you know, and it's funny, we've always had that, Which right? Has been, yeah. It's been, you know, <laughs> you know, I remember years ago when I thought, I don't like this job anymore. I'm mm-hmm. going to look for something else, but I'll continue to do just the minimum that is needed to not get me fired. (laughs) And, you know, but I think now maybe it's that people are more open about it. You know, I, I, I'm not really sure, but a lot of that is obviously based on the culture Mm -hmm. and how they're treated. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what they're, you know, are their leaders giving them the flexibility, you know, trust all of those various things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people want, a few things, mm-hmm. right? They they want to be paid fail- fairly. Mm-hmm. They want to be uh, offered meaningful work mm-hmm. where they can use their their strengths and contribute and feel that they're they're valued. Mm-hmm. Um, and flexibility, I think, is mm-hmm. really important as as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and this to your point, quiet quitting has been around for many for mm-hmm. a long. long I think long, cavemen long time. did it. Yes, know? yeah. I'll yeah. go out and kill the smallest dinosaur that I 
can in order just to-, <laughs> to get by. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I think, you know, I, I use the analogy of pickle brine when it comes to mm-hmm. culture, right? So, so often, you know, let's say you put a world-class cucumber in some awful pickle brine mm-hmm. and you get an awful pickle. Mm-hmm. That's not the cucumber's fault. It's right. the brine. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the same analogy for, for human beings. Mm-hmm. You can take the most talented, most highly trusting, ethical, act with integrity person, put them in a bad environment or have mm-hmm. them with a leader who isn't the right fit for for, mm-hmm. for them, and they will underperform. Mm-hmm. We can't blame the cucumber. Mm-hmm. We can't blame the person. Do they have mm-hmm. some accountability or responsibility? Uh, of course. Right, because they didn't examine. step up if, if they had the ability to. I mean, and that mm-hmm. comes back to the speak up culture. Maybe they could not speak up and say, hey, this is not working. Yeah, yeah. But I think we need to look at what's the environment they're in. Is it the mm-hmm. right fit for them? Or they do like there are mm-hmm. people who they're strategic thinkers and they were in an execution job or vice mm-hmm. versa. They're in the wrong role. They're in the wrong seat right. on on the bus. Mm-hmm. You change their seat and they thrive. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Well, and you know, you you do carry the the pickle analogy in in several places in your book, and and I liked it because there's also kind of the opposite, where you can kind of have your average cucumbers. But if you give them really good brine, they're going to be fantastic pickles. See, I read. I yes, read. yes. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. That it it has, it, you know, what people bring to the table does mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, you, you cannot take a uh, spoiled, rotten cucumber, put it in the world's best pickle brine. It ain't going to work. No, mm-hmm. you but but you don't need to be the best pickle in the world mm-hmm. to the best cucumber in the world mm-hmm. to become a, a a good pickle. So mm-hmm. the environment that people are in matters mm-hmm. a lot. Right. You know, and the other thing is what are the other cucumbers? You know, if they're all unhappy, spoiled, yeah. you know, all of those various things, then it's going to be hard to 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 rise to the top. You know, you might for a little bit, because if everybody else is just doing kind of bad work and mm-hmm. you're doing really good work, well, then it's going to show. But it's not going to be too long before you're like, why am I wasting my time doing this, doing really good work when these folks are just barely scraping by? They've not been fired. They've not been chastised. Mm. So, hey, I'm going to be like them. Yeah. Well, the 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 adage and cliche that we are the average of the five people we spend mm-hmm. the most time with mm-hmm. is biologically true. Right. Um, you know, that is a very true thing. Mm-hmm. And and in our cultures, we get the behavior we reward and we get mm-hmm. the behavior that we tolerate. Mm-hmm. And toleration is a form, a passive mm-hmm. form of reward. So right. yeah, if yeah, you don't if, correct it or say, hey, then then you are saying it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Which what what does that say to your to your uh, to your people who are high trust mm-hmm. and high performance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But that comes back also to the speak up culture because we think, you know, why should I speak up? Because nothing's going to change. Yep. You know, it, it, there are all these other people who are just kind of mediocre. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and so why would I even want to bother with it? You know, I might so, have great ideas, but I'm not going to bother. So you're speaking exactly to the to the four quadrants that we we mm-hmm. created. So when I first started writing this book, I fully thought I was just rebranding psychological safety, which is very much, you know, out out in the ether now. Mm-hmm. Amy Edmondson, who's a professor mm-hmm. out of Harvard and who's lovely, um, really put that term on the map. Mm-hmm. And so I did, you know, good old Zig Ziglar, people don't buy drills, they buy holes. Mm-hmm. And so I thought the drill to a speak up culture mm-hmm. was a psych- was psychological mm-hmm. safety. And what you get, the, the hole is a speak up culture. Mm-hmm. But as we dove into it more, we realize there's actually two axes. Mm-hmm. There's the, is it safe, mm-hmm. right? The opposite of safety is fear, mm-hmm. right? And then is it worth it? Right. Uh, is there high impact, mm-hmm. right? Um, and worth it means that if I take personal risk mm-hmm. to my relationship, job, reputation, mm-hmm. and share an idea, a concern, mm-hmm. disagreement, or or mistake, do I feel as though it will lead to some sort of positive mm-hmm. change? So it's a, it's a double perception mm-hmm. of safety and of impact. Right. Obviously, you want a perception of high safety, high impact. Mm-hmm. Um, you you're more likely to get a mm-hmm. speak up culture there. It is never without fear, but the mm-hmm. feel fear is worth it. That's mm-hmm. why I don't like the term fearless leader. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist. Right. It's about creating mm-hmm. less fear. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we don't want uh, um, the opposite of safety, fear. The opposite mm-hmm. of high impact is apathy, mm-hmm. which is what you're pointing to. Yeah, the quiet quitting. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. Um, so that's low safety, low impact, mm-hmm. which is an unhappy marriage between mm-hmm. fear and apathy. I've mm-hmm. been there. I've seen others mm-hmm. there. It is no fun. Right. I don't speak up because it's not safe and it's not even worth mm-hmm. it to. If I speak mm-hmm. up, I'll just get in trouble and mm-hmm. I'll get punished and it'll lead to no change. Mm-hmm. Now, what's really interesting are the, is these other two quadrants. So we have high safety, high impact, low safety, low impact. Mm-hmm. And there's high safety, but low impact, mm-hmm. which is I feel safe. Right. Up. I'm not going to get but nothing's punished, gonna happen. but mm-hmm. nothing's going to happen either because of systemic issues, bureaucracy, mm-hmm. um, or, uh, or a change in habit mm-hmm. that's simply too hard. Right. Mm-hmm. Now the, the most fascinating one to me, and this is also where you often get whistleblowing mm-hmm. is low safety, but high impact. Right. Which is where the, it is. The people not that safe. say, Hey, that plane is not safe to fly. Yes. Which I'm going to lose my job, but I'm still going to tell them that plane is not safe to fly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's out of integrity. That's out mm-hmm. of a connection to the stakes are high mm-hmm. here. Um, that one is really interesting to me where, mm-hmm. where it takes courageous leadership to go. Mm-hmm. It is not safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I might get in trouble, but it is worth it because mm-hmm. I don't want people to die mm-hmm. or a bad thing to happen or right. the company to fail or for us to get in trouble with an mm-hmm. ethics committee, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one's a really interesting one mm-hmm. where people will still speak up, but it is at a conscious mm-hmm. uh, risk mm-hmm. to themselves. Right. You know, and, and I think it's also important to note that we need to know when we have made those suggestions, those comments, they might not be accepted you know, for a variety of reasons. But the important thing is to know why they weren't accepted. So I might tell you, hey, Shed, that's a great idea, mm-hmm. but we don't have the budget to to implement that right now. Um, you know, and 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 all of those things, because then again, you feel safe to yeah. say the next time, hey, you know, what if we did this? Or even right then you say, okay, well, if we can't do that, what if we do this? Yep. Um, you know, and and so because I think people it, it comes, they want acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Nay or nay, they weren't acknowledged. You know, if yeah. it was a bad idea, fine. Tell me why it was a bad idea, but don't just ignore me, like you said before. Yeah. So a few things. So you've mentioned the encouragement and, and reward mm-hmm. cycle. You're also making me think of some Gallup research. So if you're if you completely ignore someone on your team, mm-hmm. their likelihood of active disengagement is 40%. It becomes right. 40% more likely that they're actively disengaged because mm-hmm. you're completely ignoring them. Mm-hmm. If you only point out there are areas to improve. Mm-hmm. You only provide negative, constructive mm-hmm. feedback. Their likelihood of active disengagement is 22%. It, mm-hmm. it, it almost improves by half mm-hmm. because you simply acknowledge that they exist. Mm-hmm. And if you go out of your way to say just one thing that they're good at and say, mm-hmm. keep doing that, their likelihood of active disengagement, 1%. Mm-hmm. No additional right. cost for that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The other thing that you point to and you've pointed to a few times is this the virtuous cycle of encourage and reward. Mm-hmm. So leaders will say, great, like I'm I'm bought in, I want to speak up mm-hmm. culture. How do I do it? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a virtuous cycle of encourage your people to speak up mm-hmm. and then reward them when they do, mm-hmm. right? Encourage. I mm-hmm. want to hear your your mm-hmm. your voice. There's a um, a pilot by the name of Ben Berman, very senior pilot, great safety record and a, and a safety advocate. Every single flight he flies, he goes to his crew. Mm-hmm. I've never flown a perfect flight before, and today's no exception. Mm-hmm. I need to know what you see. Right. That's mm-hmm. encouraged. Now, mm-hmm. if someone goes like, all right, it's supposedly safe and worth it mm-hmm. to, to speak up, and then you do speak up and say, mm-hmm. hey, Captain, there's some ice on the wing. Mm-hmm. Does he go, shut it. There's no ice. Keep going. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. oh. Or not like, going to hey. say anything the next time. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, let's take a look. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Or I'm not mm-hmm. seeing it. Can you point out exactly where? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think that's ice. I think that's so-and-so. Let's investigate. Like mm-hmm. that's rewarding. So rewarding doesn't necessarily need to be in the form of an extrinsic reward, mm-hmm. like a, a, a raise, a, mm-hmm. a bonus, a promotion, or a statue made in your honor in front of the office or oh. whatever. Uh, isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Um a reward is often intrinsic. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That must have taken mm-hmm. a lot of courage to share. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Let's dig in. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. hard feedback to hear, but I think you're on to something. Mm-hmm. Just because it's hard to hear and I don't want right. to hear it doesn't mean that it's not mm-hmm. something we should take a look. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You know, we didn't implement your idea, but here's why. Mm-hmm. Let's work within these constraints. Mm-hmm. You know, these are all forms of rewarding the behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if the message you hear is not a message you want to hear. Mm-hmm. If you want to keep hearing anything, mm-hmm. you ought to reward it. And then it ripples, mm-hmm. right? If I go, hey, Deb, this is the culture. It's rewarded around here. Go for it. Mm-hmm. It makes it all the more likely that you'll mm-hmm. you'll try it out for you as well. Right. 
you know, and it is important to do that, you know, have the feedback or do whatever. And it, because I think one of the worst things about ignoring and, you know, I've, I've, I've been a communications person at a big company. You've been a communications person at a big company. If there's something, if there's a gap, people make it up. Oh yeah. Um, and they never make it up good, right? No. You know, it's never, hey, we're all getting raises. <laughs> um, you know, I was with a, a large company. We went through a lot of mergers and, you know, all sorts of things. And unfortunately, our senior staff were not given answers either. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when they would say, I don't know, after the third or fourth time, you're like, yeah, right. Um, but but yeah, when it was, you know, we know that a thousand people are going to be laid off. Yeah and then you get crickets, then everybody thinks I'm the next one who's going to get laid off, you know, and, and, or, you know, it's not going to be a thousand. I've heard it's 5,000 people. I've heard we're closing the office, you know, and, and so don't have those vacuums, even if you don't know, or more importantly, if it's bad news, go ahead and tell people, let them know, here is what's going on. Here's what we're going to do about it. What do you think? Again, mm-hmm. encourage How them can for you that. Help? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I like to say absent of communication, people tend to make up their own story and mm-hmm. it's seldom if ever better than what the truth might be. Oh, I know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, I just saw a, a, um, a company that a, a family member of mine works with. And instead of announcing arbitrary layoffs, mm-hmm. they offered um, uh, exit packages. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, we're trying to avoid this. Mm-hmm. This is the first thing that that I'm right. it's not the first thing, but it's something mm-hmm. that we're gonna try. Mm-hmm. You know, better that than mm-hmm. you wake up on a Tuesday morning and all of a sudden yeah. mm-hmm. a thousand people. They are show like, up oh. at your desk with the little white box. Yeah. So um yeah. And it takes on average about seven to eight times of communicating something mm-hmm. and in different forms mm-hmm. for the message to get through. Right. So just because you say it once mm-hmm. in one way, mm-hmm. you know, your message isn't clear until you feel tired of hearing it yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and 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 then again, allowing for that feedback. You know, if if we had said, hey, we're we're gonna lay off a thousand people, but here's kind of what our plan is, or you know, we're gonna try and and do attrition first. I mean, all of those various things. And feel free to come to us if you have thoughts and suggestions and, mm-hmm. you know, might need to be anonymous. You know, we might need to, you know, put them in the, put them in the little box on the wall, yeah. empty the little box on the wall out. Right. You know, we've all seen the little boxes where you can't put anything more in because nobody ever emptied them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's it, it, in a lot of ways, it's very basic, but it's also very difficult. Of course it's, it's, it's difficult. I mean, um, you know, but for for leaders to go, hey, this is the truth of mm-hmm. what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. We can't see everything, mm-hmm. um, right? There's this dynamic in leadership that the more senior you get, the further away you get from the truth, typically, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the further away you get from the people doing the jobs on the front mm-hmm. lines. Which is why we have a show called Undercover Boss to realize mm-hmm. for a CEO, oh, I am a jerk. Yeah. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Um, they don't like me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, to explain what's going on, mm-hmm. but then to ask for help mm-hmm. and to lean in. There's a funny story, you know, big manufacturing company, they're trying to solve some issue. They hired a big consulting firm, literally spent a million dollars um, on this project, made no progress, mm-hmm. totally, totally frustrated. Management goes to the factory workers and say, we've tried everything. We've mm-hmm. spent a million dollars it's made no meaningful mm-hmm. progress. This is what we're trying to solve. Have any ideas? Mm-hmm. They went to the local business depot, bought different colored folders, mm-hmm. created a manual system, total cost $57 and solved it. Mm-hmm. So the total project cost was $1 million and, and 57. Uh-huh. But it's just this perfect example of, you know, go mm-hmm. to the root of the problem, right. investigate, ask. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you're likely to find mm-hmm. some interesting perspectives. Right. Well, oh my gosh, we have just a couple minutes left. We could talk forever. See, this is why I set a timer. Um, and I think this is an important topic. And so I'd love to have you on again. Thank but, you. But, you know, until then, how do people find you and what are the services that you provide? Yeah, thank you, Deb. Um, so I'm very active on LinkedIn. So you can search for me, Stephen Shedletsky. I think I'm the, the only Stephen Shedletsky in the <laughs> entire world for the time being. Uh, so all you handfuls of Shedletskys out there, be mindful of what you name your children. 
Um, so you can find me, uh, I'm most active on LinkedIn. You can learn more about the book and what we do at speakupculture.com. And we offer keynotes and fireside chats, workshops, coaching, uh, team coaching, and we're building as many as we can, some tools like online courses, a book club product and other fun things. So hop on over to speakupculture.com to learn more. I love it. And the book will be out in October of 2023. Um, you can pre-order. So, you know, folks do that. Make sure that you get your copy hot off the press. Yes. Um, do they even do that anymore? I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're we're sending the book to the printers uh, this Friday. So Ooh. it is, it is, I'm not sure. I, I think it'll be hot and off a of press. So coming cool. soon. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, like I said, we would love to have you on again, because I think this is, is such an important topic. Because we all have leaders, we all are leaders, Can you know, be. all of these various things. And, and so I think it is definitely an ongoing discussion that, that we need to have because we want to be the ones that people go, oh, yeah, I liked working with them, not for them, with mm-hmm, them, mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to, oh, don't go there. No. Mm-mm. So, you know, and like I said, I think it's very important that we continue this discussion. But do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? I'll I'll, sh- I'll share again that, you know, leadership is about the behavior. So mm-hmm. you reflect on whether at work or beyond the people that you would define as a leader. They were people who took interest in you. They asked questions about you. They extended care. They learned about your strengths, your limitations. They help you grow. You know, I think there's a there's a bit of a, a a misnomer out there of like, ooh, I don't want to provide critical feedback to my people. They might leave. What if you don't provide feedback and they stay? And so I think, um, you know, our favorite bosses are the ones who, not the ones who let us coast, but the ones who help us grow. And so know that if you commit to the work of leadership, you first and foremost commit to studying yourself and helping yourself grow, not for the self-indulgent process of, you know, um, oneself. It's about service. It's about helping others learn about themselves and fine-tune the instruments that they're playing with as well. I love it. Well, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having so much fun talking with Stephen or Shed, Shedlitsky. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.